Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, April 24th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. You can follow along on YouTube if you'd like. Just type in Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar. All right, let's talk about Sleepy Joe. And that's it exactly. You remember when Donald Trump gave him that nickname to try and portray him as older? Yes. Well, now over half of Democrats don't want to see him run in 24 despite his age and approximately 52 percent uh they're they're just this is from a poll from the associated press they don't want him to run in the upcoming election so this is coming from his own party and 93 percent of republicans said nope we don't want him either it's a staggering amount of people in your own party so you know it's always whenever you're critical of the democrats it's a ultra maga right-wing conspiracy january 6th or get as many things in there as you can to say people who are just biased against the president no this is his own party that's a staggering amount of people inside your own party as the incumbent president who by historical standards skated out pretty clean on the midterms I mean, it wasn't like normally you'll see a pivot if there's a bloodbath, you know, in the midterms and oh, my gosh, we got to do something. They held the Senate. They barely lost the House. The House is highly fractured. Joe Biden has been pretty successful at implementing his agenda, the left agenda. And yet, because you are seeing the destruction the left agenda is having on society, even Democrats are like, well... We might want to get someone else. (laughs) It's not his age. I mean, his age is an issue, but it's not his age. It's the policies that he's proposing. It wouldn't matter if it's Gavin Newsom or Mayor Pete or Kamala or whoever. The policies suck. Yeah, and that's what's dragging him down. The policies are crippling our society, and it, it wouldn't matter who you have in there. Now, What's interesting is the age thing is becoming the narrative, though. And that's interesting for a couple reasons. One, you very rarely ever in politics, because all these people are 9,000 years old, hear somebody go, well, they're getting a little long in the tooth. And Trump is not, who is his likely opponent. Not a spring chicken. Not that much younger than Biden. Yeah. So he's supposed to announce that his official announcement that he's running for president maybe tomorrow. And he's supposed to make the announcement via a video. Unlike all the other guys who stand out in front of a stage with a live, well, you know exactly why it's going to be on video. So we can edit. How, I mean, how embarrassing would it be when the leader of the party is out in front of people announcing he's running for president and he has a typical Biden gaffe? Has that ever happened before where where an incumbent president running for re-election just sent out a video? A video. Yeah. I mean, I look, I get it if you're Tim Scott and you're doing, you know, some highly edited five-minute piece, but you're the president of the United States where anytime you speak, hey, the president is having a press conference at noon tomorrow. Well, you're the president. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, whatever, the eyes of the world, you know, descend upon you, and he is choosing to forego that. Not going to do it live. 
It's going to be done video. And they can't say that, well, that's so that we could disperse it on social media. Because you could take a live shot, like we do, with our YouTube feed and then put it on Twitter. Of course. I mean, so that's not the Well, you could also do both. Right. But you know the reason it's going to be on video is so that they can edit. So he can do multiple takes. No, we need that. Punch it a little bit more. A little more excitement. Wake up. Come on, you're running for president. (laughs) I mean, imagine the coaching that is going to happen during that videotaping. It's probably already happened. Okay, so I want to play some audio related to this. And we're going to start with, um, and this is a rare, random, confused likely accidental act of honesty from ABC News that got this guy in a lot of trouble. But here's correspondent Terry Moran, and he just straight up says most Americans don't want to vote for an 81-year-old dude. And, and Terry, do you expect everyone to, all Democrats, to suddenly rally around the president? Well, I'll, I'll leave that to, to our, our Democratic uh, former official here. My own sense is that most Americans don't want to vote for an 81-year-old man for president. <laughs> but they'll vote for one for senator for Congress, for governor. So all these other offices, sure, no problem. But when it comes to president, ah, we're out on that. Right. So if he were to win re-election, he, who, he currently already is the oldest president in U.S. history. He'd be 86 at the end of his second term. 70% of people polled also don't want Trump to run either. So... <laughs> Well, there, yeah, and we've got a story later. We, I guess we get into it now if you want. Talking about exhaustion is the number one word right. that people use. <laughs> when, when talking about Joe Biden? Talking about. He's exhausted. Well, no, we're talking about a Trump-Biden right. matchup. By the way, there are one, two, three, four senators. So almost, uh, what would that be? One twentieth of the body. One twenty-fifth of the body is eighty or older. There are one, two, three, four, four senators who are seventy-eight and older. So there are eight senators seventy-eight years of age or older. So now let's not act like oh, the American people clearly have a limit on what they'll accept from their geezer politicians. Bullcrap. Throw in seventy-six. There's two more of those. Seventy-five. There's one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six of those. So now you're up to uh, basically 16 out of 100, 16% of the body is 75 years or older. So how do you cover the negative effects of his age without being considered ageist? Because we've talked about how he's not going to the coronation of King Charles, and they said because he'll be too tired. But I am an ageist, Casey. When it comes to my politicians, and I, you know I love the old people. I love the senior citizens. I just hosted a great event uh, in Brownsburg for the Older Adult Alliance there on Saturday night. Uh, packed, packed house for that. It was awesome. I love old people. I love old people. I hope to be one someday. But I don't want elderly people running our society. You have had your opportunity. If you ain't made it by the time you hit 70, just time to, you know, Call it a whatever. Call it a day. Go be with your grandchildren. Go be with your children. Go play golf or pickleball or whatever it is you do. You have had your opportunity 
to run society. You There is a good chance you don't understand technology. You don't understand the fast-moving world of business. You don't understand the crucial issues of the day. There's a good chance that you have to videotape your campaign announcement. Uh, look, I am, I am an absolute... Because you'll stumble through it if you do it live. When it comes to my politicians, I am an absolute ageist. Absolutely. Proud to admit it. Because I do not want elderly people running society. I'm sorry. I loved my grandparents more than life itself. When they were 80 years old, I would not. And my grandparents to be president. And my grandparents were way more together than Joe Biden is. I did not want them running society. And that does not make you a bad person. It is okay to say you are too old to do this job. Joe Biden has been there more than 50 years now. You've had every opportunity to solve the nation's problems. Your time has come, Grandpa. Out of the way. Okay, so 41% of Democrats say that they would support him if he were, you know, to run again, which is interesting because that's almost identical to what his approval rating is right now. But, of course, all the people within his own party lining up to, you know, give their allegiance to Joe Biden. Debbie Dingell says that uh, she's not worried about it at all. I'm not worried at all. You will remember who you were talking to. I'm someone that does not believe in polls. They're a snapshot in time. I told all of you in 2016 uh, that I thought Donald Trump could win and then that Donald Trump was going to win. And even on election night, I was debating whether he was going to win on headlines. And I was right. So, uh, you know, when I'm out there, I'm talking to people and I'm I'm in communities and they don't you don't know who he's going to be running against in the Midwest, people think Joe Biden understands their challenges. They think that he's someone that cares. And when we are in the midst of a campaign, I think you will see strong enthusiasm and passion for the outcome of the election next year. So so it's important to remember who Debbie Dingell is. So Debbie Dingell's husband was John Dingell. And John Dingell served in the U.S. House of Representatives, she took over his seat. This is what a cabal this whole thing is. That he served in her seat that she's in now, Casey, from 1955 (laughs) until 2015. Wow. 60 years. Mm -hmm. This geezer was 89 years old when he finally gave it up. And he only gave it up because he died a short time afterwards. So he was one foot on the grave and another on a banana peel when he got out of there. From Michigan, right? Yes, from yeah. Michigan. And, and that's and, why. And he, and he was there 60, 60 years. So, of course, she doesn't have a problem with it because her husband was nine billion years old. Joe Biden was like, who's that old guy? <laughs> who's that? Well, and that's why she made that comment about people in the Midwest saying that Joe Biden understands people in the Midwest. And, and again, this is not meant to say that old people can't contribute to society. They're not revered. They should not be respected. It's none of that. You can still really love people and say you are too old to do this job. You have had every opportunity to do 60 years, Casey. 60 years. That means that people who were born when he started were senior citizens when he got out of there. There is no way that what was going on in 1955 correlates with what was going on in 2015. And yet, there they are. So, of course, she's going to think it's just fine. Well, it's okay with her. It was okay for her husband as well. Amy Klobuchar agrees, too. She says that polling doesn't matter. Because you know why? Well, because Biden's record is so great. If 
fact is that many Democrats worry about his age. Even the New York Times edi editorial board, which is not exactly a bastion of conservatism, uh, this weekend wrote that candidates shouldn't pretend, as Mr. Biden often does, that advanced age isn't an issue. These are concerns that are not going away, and you know that. So how do you think President Biden could overcome that? President Biden has such a strong record to run on. He has gotten this country through the pandemic. He has the backs of the American people. Have you ever noticed with her, she takes a pause and then she sounds like she's reading her answers? I was just about to say the same thing. The question is asked and then it's, well. It almost sounds as though someone has a teleprompter up in front of her and she, Joe Biden has such a strong record record. I mean, it's not like Joe Biden has an incredible record and he's done this and he's done that and blah, blah, blah. Joe Biden has such a strong record. These are the talking points I was given. Okay, so you alluded to the Americans feeling exhausted about a Biden-Trump rematch and that is on the way from 93 WIBC. minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ron DeSantis had a little ride around. I think he was with Benny Johnson when they were discussing this. I, I could be wrong, but he was asked the question about Elon Musk moving Twitter headquarters to Florida. You know, he's, he's leaving San Francisco and he's been thinking about moving everything to Florida. And uh, DeSantis had some thoughts about it. Doesn't want any of Twitter's woke employees coming to Florida. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I know Elon and I, I best basically what I would tell him is like, OK, if you're going to move Twitter to Florida, are you bringing woke employees to Florida? Or are you bringing just your people? If it's just his people, then it may be good. But it's like, you know, and he did fire a lot of people at Twitter. So he fired all the woke employees. Don't bring them. But the other ones, they can come. Think about how alpha awesome that response was from Ron DeSantis, in which a sitting governor says, yeah, we don't care about your jobs. We don't care about your bright, shiny buildings. We don't want your bull crap that comes with you. Right. So you tell us what you're bringing, and then we'll decide if we're going to help or not. Versus the governor here who just lays over dead in the middle of the road and says, please walk all over me anytime Eli Lilly or some mega corporation wants to come here up to and including strong arming farmers to sell their land to give a sweetheart real, real estate deal to facilitate the project. The reason Indiana is changing is because of stuff like that. The reason Florida is changing in a different direction is because of the attitude and the approach you heard from Ron DeSantis. We don't care what your name is. Mm -hmm. We don't care about the jobs you're supposedly bringing here. We don't want vermin coming in yeah. that are going to infest our state and change our politics and change our governance. It's working well here. We don't need you. You need us. Hey, richest guy in the world. This is what we think. Yeah. That's that's you're right. Totally alpha move. Okay, so speaking of woke companies, you probably heard over the weekend that that VP of marketing for Bud Light, Alyssa Heinerscheid, whatever her name was, she's on a leave of absence. Well, guess what? She's not the only one. Now, Daniel Blake, who is the vice president overseeing marketing across its mainstream brands, is also oh. taking a leave of absence. And finally trending this morning, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Nintendo Power Magazine 
This is a magazine. What, do you, why would I have ever heard of Nintendo Power Magazine, Casey? What what planet would you live on in which Rob will be really, really up on Nintendo Power Magazine? Oh, I remember that magazine. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the original? Like the one of the very first ones? Yeah, well, when did it come out? It was in the 80s, okay, right? That, well, of that course was, he doesn't remember yeah, it. He's that was before my seven time. years old. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> this... Nintendo Power Magazine sold at auction, Heritage Auction. Just, I'm um, just guess. This is a Nintendo video game magazine. So it had to be graded. Was it graded? Does it, it was say? graded? What? I believe it was a nine point eight. Oh, then the, probably some gargantuan amount of money. I bet your man's was bidding on it. He could probably give just you the intimate details. Uh, I will Price say. Price is right. Rules. For, I will say uh, ninety-seven thousand dollars. You're pretty close, Kevin. Do you have a guess? I'm gonna say. Rob Kendall is the showcase winner. (laughs) Someone paid for a magazine. A video game. Well, you and I had this conversation earlier. You want to go into it? No, I don't. I do not at all. (laughs) I think I have a couple of these... uh, What was it called again? Nintendo Power Magazine. That's right. Here's the the thing, Kev. Um, You got to not... You got to not have ever touched the thing for it to be worth right, that. Right, don't though. play with the toy. Yeah, That's what makes it worth money. I think it's crumbled up in a box. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's work. the thing. The, the the thing itself is not rare. It's the condition of the thing that matters most. Because here, let me tell you how this works. In case he will not in agreement, <laughs> grown ass men have figured out a way to be little boys once again without the public looking at them and going, "That's very strange." You know what it's called? What a collectible. <laughs> That's how we justify this. But what are you going to do with this magazine? Again, it's one of those things. You're going to put it up on the mantle. Look at my $100,000 magazine. Don't touch it. Uh, well, you but have look at it. You have these conversations on the regular in your house. How's it go there? Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> President Trump and President Biden. How uh, the word being used about the possible matchup again is exhaustion. <laughs> A lot of people saying. Also, Casey, when she deals with all the magazines all in the her magazines, house. All the magazines. Exhaustion. So this is a uh, Yahoo News YouGov poll. And uh, people are saying, yeah, 38% saying that they choose the word exhaustion when they think of a Biden-Trump matchup. I think that's a great word. Yes. Fatigue. I mean, be honest. and and It's what I have said. You know what? I've done breaks with Hammer and Nigel. Yes. And I have said, I'm just, I'm exhausted by this. Is there any part of you that would be remotely excited? Now, we will cover it. Obviously, that is our job. That's what we do. But on a, from a personal perspective, is there any part of you that would be remotely excited about a Trump-Biden rematch? The only thing that would get me excited about that would, to, would be a debate. Yeah. To hear Trump go off on Biden. Yeah. On all of the things that he did said before that are now come true. Yeah. You know, everybody shut him down before. And to hear it again, I think, would be highly entertaining. All right. Voicemails coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. 
I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and it's time to hear from you. Rob has done a fantastic job of going through all the voicemails and listening to you and pulling together the cream of the crop, the best of the best, and what do we have on tap today? All right, so we are all in on letting people know when the school board meetings are now, especially if there is bull crap for people to address and discuss, and one of the... uh, Tonight in Plainfield, right? Yes, tonight here in Plainfield. uh, Of course, you may recall the uh, Plainfield assistant, I believe it was the assistant superintendent, one of the many administrators across the state that uh, caught on camera saying we do the CRT and the SCL and the, the DEI and we hide it and we manipulate it. And I think they were planning a white privilege walk of some sort out there in Plainfield, she said. Yeah, she's the one who said she likes to work under the radar. Yes. And when you throw out the white privilege walk, there's no misinterpretation on that. She went out of her way to say that. And what was so hyper offensive about the Plainfield response was they basically told parents, doesn't matter what you saw, we don't do that. But she's saying you do it. Doesn't matter. We don't do it. But she said it on camera. Doesn't matter. Well, aren't they the ones that also said that it was taken out of context? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I mean, she used the phrase white privilege walk. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like she said, yes, we value diversity or yes, we want everybody to feel well. There's she used the phrase, Casey, white, white privilege walk. walk. Yeah. Uh, so somebody called to remind if you live in the greater Plainfield area, uh, an opportunity for you to come let your voice be heard tonight. Aloha, guys. Good morning. I just want to give you a reminder of the Plainfield meeting tonight, uh, 6 p.m. at the uh, administrative center right there at Plainfield at the middle school. Thanks, guys. Love the show. And if you go and you speak, because I think most school board meetings allow public comment, Make sure when you get up there, say Rob Kendall sent me. They will absolutely love that if you say Rob Kendall sent me to the... Well, that's the thing. If you're going to go to this, you can't just sit in the crowd. You have to engage yes. and you have to take an active role yes. in it and, and get up. If they if they have the opportunity to speak, speak. Absolutely. Do it. Uh, okay. Um, lots of different phone calls, variety of, uh, of, of topics, uh, things to address. They were so great. I'm drawing a complete and total blank. Kev, go ahead. <laughs> Got a question for you. You seem like the man that's going to know the answer to all my questions. Let's say your buddy Abdul wins the mayor's race. He wants to do something about the horrible crime in this city. The problem is, the way I see it, we still have a prosecutor who won't prosecute. Can the mayor relieve the prosecutor of his duties and put a prosecutor in that will actually prosecute the crimes? No one's talking about it. I'd love to know. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Good question. Okay, so didn't the prosecutor have a vote of no confidence from the police? Yes, he did. That is correct. Okay. And he still won re-election. Right. So in Indiana, the only way to be removed from public office, one of two ways, is resignation or felony conviction. Mm. So you do not have the ability as an individual office holder to remove the mayor, if you're the mayor, to remove the prosecutor. Uh, Elections have consequences, and unfortunately, the consequences are you're stuck with Ryan Mears. Now, what the mayor can do is put immense public pressure on the prosecutor. The mayor can put immense public pressure on the court system. The mayor can put uh, resources into, uh, such as the 10-point coalition, violence prevention techniques that have been 
clearly found to be effective and the results of the 10-point coalition. And the mayor, in large part, will help shape and, and craft the uh, the budgets that are associated with, uh, with those things. So, um, no, the mayor cannot remove the prosecutor and just install whoever he or she would like to install. But there are many ways in which the mayor will impact public safety. Okay. So, whoever wins, whether it's Abdul or Jefferson Shreve or... Boss Hogshead again. Well, they it, have to get along with a prosecutor or not. Well, make their life very difficult. The, 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 I was having this conversation with somebody over the weekend who is uh, running for public office. They have won their primary based on the fact that they have no competition. They're new to the game. Hey, I'll say his name because he's a big fan of the show and we took a picture together. His name is Glenn Adams and he's a great guy. And he asked to meet with me because he recognizes the little utopia that I live in over there on the west side is nothing but a bunch of warehouses and single family homes and it looks like trash and it sucks. And he said, what do we got to do to fix this? And you know, one of the things that I was talking to him about is the power of the office itself. And when I jump these lawmakers' asses, whether it's Lucas or the Tesla guy or whoever, I don't expect that they're going to be able to wave a magic wand and make something happen. But the office itself has immense power, whether it is a state rep, state senator, city council, mayor, governor, the office itself in the community or the office in which you hold, you have the ability to draw attention to things that are happening and and let the public know, which will hopefully then lead to the public engaging other elected officials to do things that will fix the issue in question. So when I jump these guys' asses about property taxes and not doing anything, or about not doing anything about the governor, I don't expect that they're going to just go down there and wag their finger and something's going to happen. But nobody's doing anything. Nobody's shining any spotlight. Nobody's holding any press conferences. Nobody's having hosting any rallies. You're not trying at all. That's what I'm getting up your backside about is the complete total lack of effort from anyone to even try to accomplish something. So hopefully the mayor on the Republican side, because there's only men running, it's a he. If it's Robin Shackelford, it's a she on the Democrat side. Will use that office, that bully pulpit, to call them out exactly. for a little bit of accountability. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm just drawing a complete blank. Uh, this is a Rick Perry. Well, oops I asked moment you here. what they were I about, and you, you said you'll. It'll be a surprise sh- for you. I should have so told I don't you. Know Cab, surprise me. Wow me. <laughs> uh, Republicans just passed or or are about to pass a bill that would ban trans women from competing in women's sports. Uh, Personally, I'm not impressed with that yet because it's easy for them to do that while they know the bill's not going to go anywhere. I mean, Chuck Schumer's not going to put it to a vote, let alone it's not going to pass. Um, it's similar to what they did with Obamacare. They kept putting out different bills and, and passing them, knowing they wouldn't go anywhere. But then when the time came to actually to where they you know, had the House, they had the Senate and the presidency, they couldn't get it done uh, because half of the people who say, oh, yeah, I'm for getting rid of Obamacare – weren't really in, in favor of getting rid of it, like John McCain. So I'd be curious to see if they put the, a bill like this up if, say, Trump or DeSantis gets in the White House and they keep control of the House and they take control of the Senate. I'd be curious to see if a bill like this gets put up for a vote. Right. Like, do they really mean it? 
or is this just symbolic? It does feel very symbolic right now, but it is only also for federally funded schools. So right. it's not every school. Well, but he hits to the bigger point, which is the Republicans are not serious people. They don't actually want to make the changes they tell you. That's why when they have the power to make changes, they don't. He's spot on. The Obamacare thing is was the most if, – if you, if you were still in with the Republican Party after the Obamacare thing, I got to plot a swamp land somewhere that I want to sell you at a reasonable price. Because they campaigned on that for eight years, Casey. For eight – well, seven years. And then they finally had the opportunity to do something about it. And folded. And they did nothing because they don't want to actually fix it because Republicans, just like Democrats, are addicted to legalized vote buying. They're addicted to air quote free stuff. And the difference is at least the Democrats are honest about what they want to do and what the, and how they use your money. Republicans, every time they get in there, they're like Scrooge waking up from the ghost of uh, Christmas future shouting, I'll change. And then you let them back in. And you shouldn't be surprised if you let a vampire into your house that you get bit by the vampire. So uh, one final call. I do remember this one. Um, We had talked about how you are splurging for the show with your $8 a month for the blue check for Twitter. For my Twitter, yeah. And I had said, uh, good on you because I will not spend seven cents on this show. Right. And somebody called with a very uh, uh, fine observation about that. Okay. I was just listening to your show, Casey talking about how she spends dollars for her Twitter blue check mark because she does it for the show. And you made the comment that you wouldn't spend seven cents <laughs> for the show. And there's where you messed up. You had the opportunity to really get one, but you overlooked it. What you should have said was, I wouldn't spend eight cents on this show. That's E-I-G-8. Oh, yeah. Like how Biden didn't yeah. spell eight. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Rob. Well, I like Missed opportunity. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah. All right. He's got the best personalized Yetis around. Hammer joins us next on 93 WIBC. First round in the NFL draft, but alas, we need him here. Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. <laughs> a lot of people have asked me, when are you going to be the first pick in the NFL draft? And I said, maybe Thursday. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, Who knows? That is absolutely, and I maintain this, the best sporting event of the entire year is the NFL draft, hands down. Do you think the NFL, though, sweating a little bit? Because you know who their big presenting sponsor is for the NFL draft? Is it Bud Light? Bud Light. Oh, Oh, no. The NFL draft presented by Bud Light. Oh, no. Have you seen the billboards that Bud Light was putting up? LOL, crybabies? No. Bud Light. Yeah. Nothing like insulting your audience, right? right? Again. That'll get you back. I mean, this has just been such a disaster. Like, it's not even about politics really it's about just a bad marketing yeah. idea crapping all over your audience it used to be called pulling a dixie chicks mm-hmm. you know looking at your base who supports you and then saying the opposite and just seeing how they would react yeah now it's called pulling a bud light um you and i got into an interesting conversation in the hall casey and i had this conversation earlier which is when do clothes become dirty well i noticed you're dressed up today yes and i thought got maybe a blazer on yeah there. maybe you 
you had something when we got well, off the air. You had a thing. Here's why. So yesterday, Micah asked me to do the announcements at church, and I was up there like James Brown shouting, do you see the light? Do you see the light? <laughs> and I thought, well, I probably ought to not just wear a hoodie and sweatpants. I ought to wear something decent. So you I didn't wore- want to go full Fetterman <laughs> in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Hi, good night, everybody. <laughs> Jesus is great. Um and so I wore a, a, some decent jeans and some decent shoes. I mean, nothing over the top and a, a white dress shirt and a blazer. Yeah. And I got home and I thought, okay, I've only worn these for about four hours. And so it seems like it would be a waste of space in my laundry basket slash in the washer to just throw these things in and wash them. Drain on the electric bill. I'll just wear them again yeah. today. But does that... Did I do some sort of party foul for wearing thing the same thing two days in a row? No. No, not at all. Different crowd. And I think there are different time limits for various items of clothing, right? I think like a blazer or whatever, you could get a lot of wears out of that before oh, yeah. you have to take it to the dry oh, cleaner. Yeah. I think you need to wash shirts more than pants. I think you can wear the same pair of pants a couple times before it's time to put them in the washer. Shirts, I think there's a one-day shelf life or if you spill something on it. Mm-hmm. It depends if you get it dirty or not. If you get it dirty, then it's dirty, right? You ever do the sniff test? What's that? Right, sniff it. See how it smells. <laughs> hey, oh, there's a dirty joke in there somewhere. That I'm just going to ride off into the sunset here's and not the, say a word. Here's the follow-up question for this. i got to go to that uh, Brownsburg Planning Commission meeting tonight because these uh, transparency kings over at the school corporation have been hiding for a year. The that, transparency uh, kings. Uh, they're planning to do a major infrastructure project next to my street. Playing dump- at the Vogue this weekend, the transparency <laughs> kings they're, from Brownsburg. They're yeah. going to... Um, they're going to uh, try to dump a bunch of traffic onto my street because, well, they don't care at all about anybody but themselves. So I got to go to a public hearing tonight. So should I, at the public hearing, wear this very professional attire I have on, or should I wear my WIBC sweatshirt? What should I do? Go professional. You think so? Go professional. Yes. Although, are you going to go home and take a nap before well, the Well, that's meeting? what I'm saying. I mean, so I'll work pre- out. So that'll be the third time you've worn yeah, it. Yeah, that's then. the thing. If I, re- if I take it off and then put it back on. Yeah. I don't know. Are you sweating today? No, no. Look are at me. You, it's a very just normal cool? atmosphere. And yeah. Would you fine. say you normally smell better or worse than you do right now? <laughs> what? Like, I, like later on tonight, are you going to smell better or worse than you do at this moment right I now? I think that's a loaded question because I think I've always thought smelling yourself is a flawed errand because you're used to the way you smell mm-hmm. and you may not smell yourself the way other people smell you. I think it really depends on what he's going to do between now and the meeting. Well, that's none of your damn business, Well, that's Casey. what I'm saying. That will, really. I will say my wife, wife works from home. So, that's maybe not, maybe the IBC hoodie like she's going to get more pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're playing with house money now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, what, did, what did you tell me you did this weekend? So, please don't hold this against me, but last <laughs> night, I watched something on CNN. Oh. Yeah. They had this documentary on about the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh, wow. Now, you remember these weirdos? These were the people that thought that the Hale-Bopp comet yeah. was going to be some sort of space portal for them. Mm-hmm. So they had a big mass suicide, and they did it in waves. And they all wore black Nikes. There were purple cloaks pulled up over their bodies. And the dudes may or may not have cut off all their junk. I did not know that until you just told me that a few minutes yeah. ago, that there was junk cutting off. There was yeah. junk cutting off. And I don't think everybody did it, but there was a big portion of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they became eunuchs. And wasn't their leader bald? Yes, yes. And 
here's the thing that's creepy. And Casey, I just had you bring it up. Yeah. Their website is still up and functioning. Like the website that says red alerts, you know, the comment is coming or whatever. And then you read the description. Who's running it? I don't know. Our 22 years of life on this planet, our education is coming to an end. Like this is what they put out right before the mass suicide and it's still up. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We're happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew. Don't you just- He must be running the website. When it didn't work, shouldn't they have just put on the website, oops- New website under construction. There are some people that like got out of there before all that stuff. So maybe one of those folks is running the website, but I don't know. But let me ask you this, Casey, let's say you are offered an amazing deal, like to stay at the place where they, there were 39 mass suicides. Would you stay there? No. I would. Absolutely not. not. Like I'm going to kill myself there. It's oh, beautiful. No, creepy. It's, it's in California. It's in a beautiful section, Mm-mm. like tropical weather. I, it's interesting you said that because I got into a conversation over the weekend with a guy who's a landlord, and there had been a shooting on the lawn at one of his properties where someone died. So they didn't die in the house. They died on the lawn. And I said, he was getting ready to rent the property out. And I said, are you disclosing that to the people that you're renting from that someone died on the lawn? And he said, no, I don't have to. And I, 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 I'm not going to. And I said, I thought there was a law that it's if someone a in murder, the, is it, you have to disclose. Well, that's what I'm saying. He died. The guy was shot and he died. I don't know what you call it. That would be a murder. Mm. If I shoot you and you die, then yeah. I murdered you. Right? Yeah. It well, technically, maybe it's not murder because again, all murders are homicides. All homicides are not murders. Like if somebody's trying to break into my house and he's got a weapon, he says, I'm going to kill you. I could shoot and kill him. I'm not charged with murder. I think if it's on the lawn, that's probably murder. Not, not, if, not murder if it's self-defense. But he's, he's not going to disclose it, though. No, and he said he didn't have to. My question, though, was if it's in the house and someone has died in the house, not of natural causes, did I just make up in my mind that there was a law that said you had to disclose that? Is that a deal breaker for you? Because that's not for me. I, I wouldn't care. Would you buy a place knowing somebody was murdered in it? Sure. It Absolutely. I have no problems at you'd all with that. You'd pay market value for a place knowing someone died, knowing it was murdered Knowing there. you'd be living in murder house. I might pay more. He'd <laughs> give tours. <laughs> I mean, Central State now, they have an event center over there. Like, I've DJed weddings over there. It's coming up this afternoon. I might pay more. <laughs> uh, Guy Ralford will join us. Amy Joe from the Chicks on the Right and the biggest stories of the day. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.